1: Okay we're, in, okay
0: we're in we're in okay echo check do you want me to check it because i actually well, just, just anyone watching <laughs> can
1: have a little check if the audio is bad just shout and we'll pretend to do something ollie- to fix it
0: ollie knows that we were on at three thirty, even though it's now three <laughs> forty-two.
1: you know <laughs> uh deb's wrote um i've written like it's going to be three thirty, 30 and she's like so in other words 3 i was like how oh, cheeky and then i'm like oh yeah yeah basically what happens is we normally get on the call like two or three minutes late then we chat (laughs) and then we come on so that's what that's why it's always 10 minutes after
0: it is um guys look before we get into this just in case anybody starts listening and then gets distracted or finds it boring and turns it off (laughs) which is how i start and end pretty much every podcast um emma and i next week christmas week Woo! oh 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 merry accountability christmas <laughs> um so as so next week christmas week we are going to be doing lives on monday and tuesday um should be one o'clock we'll let you know if that changes um because then wet for for me and i know emma will fall into this middle bracket but for me wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday our chocker with commutes and seeing family um, so please uh, we will be checking in on facebook pretty much every day apart from the obvious christmas day but we will be checking in on facebook and we are here to help you if you need us we know that this is going to be a bit of a struggle for some of you although maybe we'll talk at the end of this, this episode about how to kind of not let that happen um, but we do know that it'll be a bit of a struggle for some of you. And so we will be checking in. Um, But the next live will be on Monday, the 28th after the Christmas week. So hope that makes sense. Emma, anything to add to that?
1: No, not really. I think like what we really wanted as well is obviously we could be checking in on Christmas day, but we kind of want you to switch off as well as us. So we're Mm -hmm. leading by example here. Like don't, Be on Facebook on Christmas Day. Like, put your phone away. Be present with your family. Enjoy. Make memories. Don't feel like, one, that you would need to check in, but also, two, that there's anything going on that you're going to miss anything because there will be nothing going on. We want to be on there minimally. If you need us, then tag us. But if not, like, don't. Just have some time off social media because you'll feel better for it. You'll come back buzzing to go again. And a little bit of time off is often a really good thing. So
0: it's That's a hugely, hugely good thing and like you know emma and i we, we this is such a cheesy cliche you know fucking hallmark christmas card thing to say but gen- genuinely when you do get qualified in 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 this field one of the first things you learn is that health is a very broad spectrum and i've said this before on the podcast it encompasses um mental health physical health um medicinal health i mean the list is endless and there is after a year like we've had this year it's such a treat to be able to sit with your family and I know that even when we hadn't had a year like this it would really annoy me when my brother would sit there my brothers plural would all sit there on their phone for the whole of Christmas day and I'd be like yo like I'm trying to fucking engage with you engage with me it's really important that every now and again I'm actually quite I know we have a big group but I'm quite surprised at the amount of Facebook notifications we get a day every single day and it's totally fine because Emma and I love our jobs but I'm like I really would like for the EC Method 2021 going forward to have a day, a non-negotiable day where people are not on social media because it is so, so important. So yeah, and also it gives us a break too. You know, yeah. we need that
1: we've, too. We've spoken about this, haven't we? About like having a day a week. Yeah. That would be like, you don't go on, like no, nothing happens on that group. You shouldn't be commenting on it. Like you should, and ideally take a full day off social media. And obviously yes. we can't force you to do that, but I think that would be really beneficial too your health in general, your relationships, kind of how well you work as well. Because I think one of the reasons that a lot of people of our generation or in like just in this day and age with social media feel burnt out is because they're low level always working or always connected. So although social media may not be your work, it's kind of our work. Like if you always have this like ringing going on or these notifications coming up, you never really switch off, which means that you're productivity levels are just always pretty low as opposed to taking some actual time off which means that you could be productive in other things and you've not got those distractions and then coming back and enjoying it more like i think social media gets a massive bad rep and actually it's a really great place and i mean the ec method is one of the great places on social media but it doesn't mean that you still don't need a break from it and that it would kind of be even greater if you took some time off
0: I couldn't agree more. I've just had an article commissioned uh, that I'm going to start writing today. And like the general crux of it is I don't understand. I don't understand how some of my friends like anyone who follows me will know like I'm on Facebook with our clients all the time. I'm on Instagram almost every day. I do take those off Instagram for sure, but almost every day I'm on email every day. Email, texts, WhatsApp, Facebook. um, I mean, uh, Twitter, Instagram. The list is endless I can't remember the last time. I mean, I can't get through all my messages on all of those platforms right now. I physically can't. And I feel sick thinking about it. And I don't understand how there are people out there, be they 14 or 42, who are completely okay with all of this. I'm like, how are you doing? How are you doing this? It's to me overwhelming and baffling. And I'm like I say, I'm stuck right now with getting through messages because it's just too many. It's an avalanche. I would actually really like to know and maybe I'll put up a post just out of sheer curiosity and also just for for the research of this article. How are you guys finding it?
1: Emma, how do you find it? Are you cool? Like, can you keep on top of it? Do you ever feel overwhelmed by it? Like? Oh, massively. Yeah. I had a chat with my mate about this today, but I think a lot of it has to come from setting your own boundaries and setting your own like, okay, so Chloe and I are quite good at this. There'll be certain times where people are like, Oh my God, you replied so quickly. Yeah, because that's the hour that I spend replying to stuff. If you ever tag me in that hour, you will get a response like that. Tag me outside of that hour and you might not. Or I think you still need to, although you're technically always on the other end of a phone, still set yourself time. So like, okay, after 6 p.m., like I rarely reply to anything after my dinner, which is like 7, 8 p.m. Like that's just, and I know that for a lot of people, that's when they go on social media. Because like, if you've got a quote unquote normal job, you're normally working during the day and then it's in the evening that you tend to browse on social media. But that's the way I like to work and it works yep. for me. Yeah. So I think setting yourself boundaries and knowing that like, yeah, if someone asks a question, doesn't really, like none of this is life or death. It doesn't matter if we ask we answer the question within 30 seconds or later on that day. And yeah. I'm like talking to Chloe and I here that like we don't, need to feel that pressure because all of the questions always get answered. Everyone is so well supported. Usually it gets answered within like 10 minutes, but also it doesn't matter. Like for our own mental health, like you need to be like, okay, at these certain times, that's when I check my social media out with that time. Like I'm working on other stuff. And especially like if you're trying to write an article while replying to 50 things from clients, while your emails going off as well, even if you don't look at them, it's still stressful. Cause I like, I'll see an email come in and I'm bad for this. Like I've not turned my email notifications off right now. So I'll be chatting to you and then I'll see an email come in and I'll be like, Oh, I need to do that after this. And then I'm thinking about that and you're not present.
0: This is exactly it. And you're completely right. Like I prioritize. So clients are like top priority along with family. So my mom, my dad, my brothers and my best friends of which there are like four or five. That's it. Everything else comes secondary. Now, you would think, well, that's great. You're prioritizing the really important things and everything else should come secondary. But everything else is secondary. Fuck me. It's everything else. And before I know it, like now, I I think right now I've got 200 and something notifications on my WhatsApp. got about 89 unread messages on my Instagram. And right now I've got about 25 urgent, as in exclamation point read emails to get to. And I'm like, (sighs) (laughs) so it's like, I think, this is, I think, going to be the crux of the article is like, what things can I just shut off? Again, I just don't even let them in because I don't want to do it. The amount of times I've deleted WhatsApp <laughs> and my voice notes, like gone. They're not They're not on my phone anymore. But even then, it's just like, then, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I think we've kind of fucked ourselves a bit <laughs> this generation. But I am going to put up that post and see how you guys manage the way, different ways that
1: everybody can get hold of you. Because yeah. I think it would be good research. It's good research and I like some tips that I've heard people give are like one, basically to set boundaries, but also to set um, like expectations. So for example, if I don't know, like if we were like, well, actually we've just done this. So we've just set expectations of clients. We do not really want to hear from you over Christmas. We want you to be off your phones. So the expectation is if you do message on Christmas and it's not urgent, you won't hear back from us. Like that's the expectation. Or when it comes to your emails, you could have an auto response on your email saying, hi, thanks for your email. I check my emails between 9am and 10am every day. Like, then they'll know, okay, I'm not going to get a response back till tomorrow at 10 9am. And good. actually, as a consumer as well, I think it's not the delay that matters to people. It's not knowing when they're going to it's hear back. It's the limbo. Yeah. Oh, no, always. That's just human nature. When you don't know, that's when you freak out. When you know you're
0: like, Oh, and if anything, it's nice. It gives yeah. you permission
1: to not you're be like, concerned okay. about it. If I got an email back from you saying that, I'd be like, Okay, I won't worry about it until like if if you always set on a Friday, Hey, you'll hear back from me on Monday, I'd be like, Oh, cool, she's having the weekend off and I know when I'm gonna hear back rather than like not even <laughs> worrying, but
0: Will I, won't I? Ooh, and keen um that's very good, good managing expectations just like saying guys on christmas we're probably not going to be checking in we might do i mean look it's me <laughs> yeah. get when chloe's like i'm like... gonna have a
1: day off for my anniversary and she's in the group from like 8 a.m
0: but i do i have to admit though like not only are the client's a priority because obviously you're our clients. You know, you're paying customers I do actually really love these (laughs) and I do it sounds so it sounds like an advert it's really not like I love the questions you guys ask I love that it gives me a chance to like talk about what I love we talked about this in the last live like it's quite a nice outlet and for those of you who don't have anyone to relate to about you know your health and fitness journey isn't it nice just to know you've got a little place you
1: can go and talk about it I really love it yeah, I love it as well. And I think that's like we were chatting before this. We're like, should we be really strict and say like no on Christmas? And then we're like, oh, but what if someone like realistically, <laughs> we're probably going to check anyway. Like, <laughs> no, But it. I think the point is like, you're not meant to go back on your on your like boundaries. I think that's that's why they work. We're obviously not the best examples here.
0: <laughs> I think as women like but men are much better at it and that's not a sexism thing it's just because women are by nature more compassionate people and I think that in a way makes it hard to be more selfish it is hard to be more selfish obviously just by default but I know that James for example will be like everyone can fuck off on Christmas day <laughs> I wouldn't give a shit and I'm just like what if someone has a complete meltdown and guys please don't do that because you're not going to waste your Christmas day feeling yes, guilty yes. about what you said yes or no to And we will talk about this more as we get closer to it. But whatever decision you make, whether it's yes, I'm going to do that or no, actually, I'm not. You should celebrate that control and not feel bad about either side of the spectrum. Just enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I think that's what we'll go over on (laughs) Tuesday for the last live before Christmas. Yeah. Um, All right. Before we get started with the questions, I Mm. had a really interesting chat with Amelia this morning and it Mm. was about... How you compliment clients, and it made me think a lot about the group and how we compliment in the group, and almost that like sometimes these are maybe not throwaway comments, but comments that we we don't even really think about the impact of this. So, for example, let's just use Deb's as an example. She put up pictures of herself looking phenomenal, but mm-hmm. we commented saying things like "You look incredible," "You look phenomenal." Now, that's a level of lean that's going to be really freaking hard to maintain. Nor might not be particularly healthy to maintain either. And almost by commenting on how she looks, we're encouraging the fact that you're putting more of your worth or more of your success down to Mm. the way you look. Now, even if your goal is to look a certain way, we don't want you to tie your self-worth to or or your success on the EC method to how you look. Mm. And I think sometimes we replace something like, the scale weight. So so many people get obsessed with the scale weight. Okay, so what would be a better way of monitoring progress? Progress pictures. But then you're Mm -hmm. becoming obsessed with progress pictures and these like tiny changes that you can or can't see or just over-analyzing your own body, which isn't healthy either. So you're replacing one problem with another problem when really what we want the outcome to be is how you feel, which is hard because it's subjective and so many other things are going to impact it. Like at the moment, you might be like, Yeah, generally I feel so much better than when I started, but actually this week I fell out with my boyfriend and it's been raining all week and I just feel grumpy. That has nothing to do with your progress on the EC method, but it does impact how you feel. So it's a really hard like way to quantify success, but I do see like longer term there being a problem with us just saying things like, oh, you look great, even though you do look great and you looked great before and you'll look great after and you'll look great like two kilograms heavier. But there's that without us saying it obviously we would never say this and nor do we think it. But there's like a misconception or I, I can't think of the right word now. But basically the thought that if you're saying when I look really lean, I look phenomenal. Then as a like, then you must think when I don't look very lean that I don't look phenomenal.
0: And mm. that's not
1: what we want people to think.
0: Yeah I obviously there's no denying anything that you've just said I mean you know you can't you know it's like saying you know people are scared to talk about I mean I've recently had a conversation with a friend of mine who's like terrified to tell her parents that she's considering getting a divorce and that they're kind of already going through a separation because there's this huge celebration about the fact that they're married and when are you gonna have grandkids and you kind of automatically feel like you failed if you say actually we're not happy and I need to do something that's better for myself now and you could apply this exact same kind of narrative to a body um, and getting great results and being celebrated and then being like well actually I'm not happy so where do I go from here and unfortunately I will say this it is part of the course of everything and anything in life where you put in you know a lot of effort or a lot of hard work you do you make a big change and again that really could be marriage um, or it could be for example, getting in fantastic physique shape and I'm sure there are a hundred other nuances in between. And people celebrate you and they reward you getting a new job. congratulations, this is great. Wow, look what you've done and then being like shit, I don't want this. I didn't want this, I don't like it. And unfortunately, That is just human nature. We see somebody uh, achieve something, physique, marriage, career, and we say, congratulations, well done. And it's born out of a place of compassion and it's born out of a place of kind of respect and appreciation for the amount of hard work and effort that that person put into it. Unfortunately, the fallout of that is that when that person decides it's not what they wanted and they're not happy, they're too scared to make a better change to better themselves. So ultimately, really, I think the answer is understanding context of everything. And I think that there's this uh, maybe like a bit of a new wave in in kind of the health and fitness physique, aesthetic community of being like, oh, we shouldn't say that because what if they think this? and We shouldn't say that because what if they think this? Actually, I think a lot of people are a lot more intelligent than we give them credit for. And context is everything. You know, and if I look at like, let's again, just say a Debs, for example, and I say, fucking hell, look what you've done to your body. That is impressive. You look great. Well done, you. That doesn't mean that if she decides that actually she doesn't want to get that lean ever again, I'm going to be like, well, I'll be like, I would literally be like, cool. What's the next goal? Let's go for it. What is going to make you happy? What are you going to love doing? And when you get there, let's celebrate that. So. I I think that you're completely right. And I don't think it's necessarily that easy to avoid, but I do think that everybody needs to apply some of their own intelligence, wisdom, and um, context to the situation. And understand that if you were to turn around to MRI and be like, actually, I'm really fucking unhappy. And I know you said, I look great, but I don't like it. We'd be like, well done for telling us. We'd celebrate the honesty. We'd pat you on the back. And we'd say, okay, so what do you wanna do? Where are we gonna go? Let's build a road there. And I actually think that's when people need to take a bit of responsibility for themselves and how they're interpreting things and how they're digesting things. But you're right. You know, it's definitely something. No, to think I
1: about. like I agree, and I think a huge part of this is the community that we foster, or like the environment that we foster, so that people would know. Like, and I would hope they would that they could be like, oh, I know that you said so and so looked good, really, really lean, but it's not what I want to do. And like, we want you to feel your best. It's not about anyone else. Um, and and also that even like people want to know or they want a compliment from us and they they're looking to their coach to be like do i look good do you see changes like really doesn't hugely matter what we think but it's always going to be that they're looking to us for that and i think just remembering that actually our opinion is pretty like on many levels like in terms of appearance wise like it's completely irrelevant and we They're just care great. about how you feel as opposed to how you look we want you to feel your best and that will mean that that will be completely different for everyone
0: yeah and then it's important for everyone to also know that what did we say in the last last live the reason we not one of the last lives. the reason we don't want to se- separate people is because everybody's going to benefit from different goals so let's say we have someone who genuinely has to get to a healthy bmi so she can start IVF. Okay, so we're going to help them get there. But let's say there's somebody else who's actually already there and then some. And they watch these journeys and then they see Deborah go into a hypertrophy phase and they turn around and go, actually, I don't need to do that actually nor do I want to do that actually I'd rather do that that is the beauty of group coaching is that it gives a kaleidoscope of goals and approaches and things for people to think about which is really really important but I you know and I completely agree applauding somebody on how they look might actually set in 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 motion a bad precedent going forward where all their self-worth is wrapped up in how they look but in all honesty I think that's when people have to check themselves and be like, is it really that important how I look? Because it might be for you temporarily right now. But is it really important? Is it going to be that important two years from now? You know, unlikely that for two a two year span, you're going to be like, I need abs. Like, don't think so. Um, I think that's when people actually need to do a bit of work on themselves and take responsibility for themselves. Like, I, I, you know, I completely agree that it keeps setting in motion like a weird relationship with your body. But I also agree that, it's very hard to to help somebody kind of i don't know get fit get strong get healthy get active and not at some point be like my god you look great and i just i find it very weird this whole thing at the moment there's so many things that i'm just feeling like everybody has to apologize for and it's kind of yeah it's like, like too PC stop,
1: yeah
0: when did people stop taking responsibility for themselves like yeah you know, and i
1: think like we part of it is like as I said, like what we create and that we focus on non-scale victories and not just how you look, but also how you feel, how you're performing and all these other aspects. And to sort of link that to the first question, um, when you were talking about loads of different goals, I don't think this is a goal that we've had. Ooh. And that is that I'm going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Jealous. Yeah, amazing. So jealous. I've, do you know what? Weirdly, I've had two clients that have Climbed Kilimanjaro. Must be what I attract. (laughs) But that's my niche. Um, But anyway, she's starting a trip on the 1st of March 2021, 11 weeks away. So far, I've been focusing on my steps each day, walking one to two hours most days, and doing the home-weighted workouts. In addition to this, are there any specific exercises or training you would recommend that I build into my schedule? Thank Thank you, you, and thank you for the great online training program
0: just say it one more time I was thinking about Kilimanjaro tell me exactly what training she's doing
1: that she's asking about but so at the moment she's walking one to two hours a day and doing the home weighted workouts I would say like this is going to be I mean I'm sure this isn't news to you but it's going to be a lot of walking and a lot of walking up hills like I would get out I don't know where you live but like if, if it was near me I mean if it was me I'd be like climbing up Monroe's and like trying to get something similar to what I'm going to experience I don't know what backpack you're going to be wearing like if you have to carry stuff or if people are carrying that for you again even if other people are carrying that for you I know a lot of people get like tours I mean most people have a some kind of guide with them but sometimes they carry all your kit for you even if they are like you're not going to be able to experience how hard Kilimanjaro is beforehand so if you weight yourself like as in Put a weighted backpack on that's going to make it harder so it will seem easier comparatively when you don't have that weighted backpack on so that could be one way to make it a bit harder um but i would say like start doing some really long walks on weekends if you can like go up some big hills get used to walking for long periods of time walk in the shoes that you're going to use um strength training is going to be brilliant because again it, it just makes like resistance training then makes um anything where you're not carrying extra weight kind of easier mm-hmm. um and your legs will get stronger etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah very exciting
0: yeah i definitely think see this is just like you know I mean. i'm like that's the coolest goal that i've ever i've never had a client be like oh,
1: i'm gonna climb my killer
0: and dry kill that's the coolest goal clients ever had now sorry just to touch on the first point and then i'll move on to your question how many people be like oh so she doesn't think my goal is cool Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, there has to be a level of intelligence here and context maintained. Um, Anyway, moving on from that. um, Fucking wicked. Uh, Yeah, Emma's right. Going for an hour or two walk a day is a great place to start. But I'd really like you to start going for some more resisted cardio, uh, especially on the lower body. Um, So, you know, you're talking things like if you were to do like the stairmaster at the gym, Uh, That would be epic. Um, If you were to do some um, kind of steady state, really resisted um, elliptical cross trainer, that would be great. Um, Again, walking on an incline, like Emma said, you really, you know, going for a walk is one thing. Walking up a mountain is a bit different. Um, and I would say, uh, doing that kind of on intermittent, intermittent days with, yeah, with, with, um, resistance training, either really any, in any, um, zone would work. So endurance, which is more sets and reps and lighter, lighter weight to get to exhaust hypertrophy, which, you know, you all know is kind of like moderate sets and reps, um, heavier weight to exhaust and then strength, which is low sets and reps, heaviest weight to exhaust, maybe just cycling all three lower body, upper body back, especially, Um, would be great. Um, And always aiming for progression to get faster, to get higher resistance um, in as good a time, if not a better time. And yeah, also make sure that you're getting your rest days and you'll be absolutely sweet as an up.
1: Agreed. Okay. So we have had quite a lot of questions, which are basically people's stats um, and asking what they should do. And I think that's actually better done in the Facebook group because then we've got it all written down there. We can refer back to that post if you then need more adaptations. And also realistically, it's quite boring for other people to listen to.
0: (laughs) Really boring, Um, definitely put it on Facebook. And uh, something we haven't said yet in this, and I've noticed it in the last few days, I've been like, shit, we haven't said it. If you are giving us data from like as of like last week you started doing it, keep commenting under that same post. We need to be able to scroll up and read back about where you are, what we said, where you are now. Otherwise, it can be a little bit jarring when you're like, hang on, wait, what were your numbers? So try and always keep it on a linear thread for us, please, if you can. Thank you.
1: Agreed. And then a couple of this just came up a couple of times in the group. Like, when should I change? what I'm doing you don't need to change anything unless you've been a consistent for two to three weeks of doing what you're doing um unless you're inconsistent because you think maybe your calories are too low or you need to change something in that respect like if consistency is a problem then we can change something but aside from that like there's no need to change anything if you're making progress like we don't change what's working there's not a set amount of time that you need to change something every two weeks so Be consistent for two to three weeks. If you've plateaued, you're not making the progress that you wanted to make. Give us your stats, tag us, and we will amend as required.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Okay. Bit of a long-term question. I've been looking for a coach to help me with marathon training next year. Suddenly thought, hey, I have two brilliant coaches. I don't need help with running, with a running plan, just the nutrition. Uh, Okay. So she's got her own running plan. She just needs nutrition. Um, where I need to move up my up and down my calories depending on my expenditure, can you get me to the finish line? Yeah, I've had you must have had loads of marathon runners. I have hundreds. Yeah, not not um, as many as Kilimanjaro. No, it's not. <laughs> that's a, cool that's a rarer goal. Um, if
0: that marathon running is um, it is it's so impressive. I would never do it. <laughs> so that should just and I love a challenge. You cannot pay me enough money to do a marathon. Like, that's how amazing... Here we go.
1: EC Method Marathon.
0: I'm doing it. You can't know. I've got shin splints. I walk for 10 minutes outside, and I'm like, oh, I need to go. Um, So it's amazing. 100% I've done so many diet plans and training plans for people who are doing stuff like that, whether it's, you know, a triathlon, a marathon. Um, Listen to the podcast I did, Series 2, with Dame Kelly Holmes. That's brilliant for all all runners, because obviously... Kelly Holmes, and she talks a lot about uh, how she runs now and how much it's changed throughout her career um so does she
1: do a lot more endurance now
0: yeah she does like long distance like enjoyable runs as opposed to like
1: you know crazy power sprints and stuff um you know what's mad is that like she to me looks like a sprinter as in yeah. like and, and I she... know that 800 meters isn't like that far technically but she to me looks more like a sprinter like I think with the 800, you get sprinters that have moved up or you yeah. get endurance athletes that have moved down for um, like longer. Yeah. And she would, I would have thought she would have gone shorter. but hey.
0: She, no, she went longer and she, um, she, her training though, I mean, she talks about her training in the run up to the 800 meters and that's also really beneficial for people to hear about. She also talked about her nutrition. Um, so it's just a really good one to listen to. But yeah, it's really easy um, if, you know, you, you, once you've done it a couple of times you kind of
1: learn what what's a good idea and what's not so definitely tag us and we can help you out agreed okay i'm an emotional eater and i did very well on round one to work on this this week however i've struggled as i've been really down i've not felt like training and only done two workouts this week hit my steps six out of seven days this is not like me at all first of all that's a bad week it's not so bad um <laughs> I've started to eat things that are putting me out of my calorie goals to a whole bar of chocolate over the weekend, and I'm not even a lover of chocolate. Although I felt I was more in control of the emotional eating, it's a very slippery slope, which I'm trying very hard not to go back down. I've not gone completely off piste. I have had self-control the majority of the time and even managed to avoid booze and food at the work Christmas party as I ate before and I went and I drove There and home um what are your tips and guidance for people who struggle with emotional eating and emotions making them not feel like working out
0: um well first of all emotional eating is pretty common 99.9% of people so don't feel like you're there's something wrong with you or you're like you know I don't know you, you've got a major problem here all it is emotional eating for me just given my experience in in, in this really it comes down to changing behaviors um so in terms of, you know, I totally understand, like, obviously, I'm somebody who who can have quite bad anxiety, you know, I, I kind of really have to keep an eye on my mental health. I do understand that there are times where you're like, you know what, I'm going through a hard time, I don't have the mental energy to diet, I don't have the mental energy to work out right now, I need to basically take care of myself. So I'm just going to put that in a box, and I'm going to take care of myself. But the irony is, when you step back and you look at it, you're actually going the other way. You're not taking care of yourself. You're giving in to this um, period of of your life that you're struggling with. And what's really interesting in therapy is that they teach you that whether when it comes, whether it comes to substance abuse, you know, alcoholism or, or comfort eating. Essentially, what you're doing is you're prolonging this negative experience and you're kind of subsiding to it and you're giving into it and you're letting it flatten you a bit. Whereas even if it's really, really hard for the, for the for a temporary time for you to push through to keep doing the things that you love when you're not in a down space, when you're in an up space, whether that's going to the gym or being more health minded. Um, These are things which are going to accelerate your process through this horrible time. So to try and stay strong and to stay on top of it um, is something that, you know, I've spoken to my therapist about and I know is going to be much more beneficial for you in the short and long term. However, all of this being said, you said something really interesting there that at your work Christmas party, you didn't drink. You didn't eat any of the food. I mean, that's extraordinary self-control. And I know because I've done it and Emma will know and we've had clients that's extraordinary self-control. And I half wonder if maybe what you're experiencing isn't a little bit of dieting fatigue. Um, So for you, maybe what I would do is I would give you a little period of what we would call a break, bring you up to maintenance calories. Stop being so restricted with your diet. Give yourself a little bit more room. You should not be going over calories because you had a bar of chocolate. You really shouldn't. Like That should be it doable okay so maybe we should bring you up to maintenance give you a bit of a break and in terms of your workouts why don't we give you say three or four consecutive days off and then on day five you've got to go in and on all those days that also hit your steps but on day five you've got to do a workout um and maybe just maybe just loosening the reins a bit is going to help you catch your breath and get the momentum going but yeah that's all things to think about there uh, emma
1: yeah i think that's great advice and i think now is a great time Because Christmas is coming up, give yourself a little bit of time off, enjoy a bit of time, chill out a little bit. The other thing I would say about this is it sounds like you have done a lot of work and you did really well in round one. And this sounds like a little slip up and it happens to absolutely everyone. Like it's completely normal. I struggle with emotional eating now and again, but I don't Mm -hmm. let it spiral. And I also don't tell myself that I now I'm right back to where I started or like, oh, it's happened again. That means I've not got over it. These are completely like it's a human experience to like look for comfort when you're emotional, like a better way to deal with that. And mostly what we're trying to do is numb that feeling. That's why people tend to emotionally eat is they're numbing that feeling. The best thing you can do is find a different coping strategy. And probably in my opinion, the best thing you can do would be to tackle that head on. So have you actually considered what is making you feel emotional? Like, are you stressed at work? Is that something you could do something about? Are you having arguments with your partner? Can you actually sit down and talk to them about it? Can you deal with the problem head on instead of eating to numb the feelings that will come back once you finish eating or like you're almost avoiding the problem? So that would be my advice on that one. But I I don't think you should sort of catastrophize this because it doesn't sound that bad at all. Like you've gone slightly over your calories. You missed a workout.
0: I would say that as well, there's a there's another gun I won't name her in the ECM or not that she would care. Like I know that she wouldn't care, but just out of respect just in case, I won't name her. Who's been a follower of mine and following my books is just like brilliant and just wicked for a really long time. And I know because she she tags me and stuff and she sends me stuff, I know that she's been dieting for a long time. I would say she's been dieting since the fat loss blitz, which was what, like two books ago, two years ago. She joined up to the EC method. She's been in the EC method. And at, I would say the middle of she I think she's on her third round now, the middle of the second round, first round fine, middle. Of, she was like, reached out to me privately and was like, I'm really struggling. Like, I'm going through a really hard time. And I was like, you've been dieting for a hot minute. Like, let's stop, right? Let's change the goal. Let's come up to maintenance. And let's Give, a, give yourself a new goal, one that's easier to adhere to every single day. Because fat loss, is, I'm sorry, but it's fatiguing. You get to a point where you're like, fuck me. <laughs> like, ooh, Which is why I always say we should cycle it, guys. If you've got a long way to go and you're not there yet, but you've been dieting for six months, I always say, okay, let's cycle it. Come out for a while and we can come back into it. It's a really good approach for people with a long way to go. So it's like, let's come out of it. She's absolutely smashing her lifting. She's one of the strongest women in the EC method. She's not quite ready to diet again. And I know she's not because we've talked about it, but she will be soon. And when she is, it'll be great. This has just happened to me as well. Like I've got to a point now where I just, um, I just don't really care um, about, you know, food. And that's a really good sign when food has like zero power over you whatsoever, you know that you're kind of ready, you're getting ready to diet again. Um, And I would say for you, it might be just time to take a bit of a breath. So yeah, sorry, just a weird case study there, but I've been thinking about it for a couple of days because I might write
1: something on it. So yeah. No, that was really interesting. Okay. (laughs) Um, Hi, Chloe and Emma, it's Debs here. As you both know, I'll be going back into fat loss in the new year after six months of gaining. I would really be interested if you could talk about the pros and cons of slow and steady fat loss versus aggressive. Um, you touched on this briefly on the last live and it would be great if you could go into more detail. It's particularly interesting because I think you have slightly different views on this issue. Um, also highly relevant to my current stage. Thank you both so much. Always learning from your amazing ladies. She also did just comment saying don't tell Chloe not to freak out because this was asked like before you guys decided what her progress would be. Now I would say, I don't even know what you've told her to do, but I would not have her doing an aggressive diet. No, Do not have enough body fat to do an aggressive diet. Like there is a time and a place and they can be really effective. But and all, this is a huge sweeping statement as well, but I don't know many women that do well on aggressive diets. You need to have a really good relationship with food you need to have, like, no emotional eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, some men do really well on aggressive diets, and I'm not saying that all women can't, but there's quite a lot of red flags that, as a coach, you need to look out for. And, yeah. like, this is kind of a sad thing, but most women have had pretty shit experiences with dieting by the time they're, like, mm-hmm. in their 20s, yeah, in their mid-20s. So it's not an approach I often use with women, um, but I do sometimes use with men.
0: Yeah. I second that. Again, just to touch on the last comment that I made about a client, and how I said, like, I now food just to me, like, I it's not it's very meaningless to me right now. It's a very good sign that as and when I'm ready to have a physique goal, I'll be able to handle it pretty well and I'll succeed. Um, so there is that mental aspect of it. I also completely agree with you that most women really struggle. Um, sorry the dog just walked in really struggle with an aggressive fat loss phase and sometimes if it's what you have to do at the end for a specific reason fine but it's certainly not where you should start out ever in my opinion ever it is a tool to use for the last week or two of a
1: diet not something which you jump in with um so that's yeah. probably where our opinions differ
0: yeah okay because so i think like, there's
1: there's yeah. absolutely a place for it especially if you've got a lot of body fat to lose like fat is stored energy if you want to be in a big deficit for a shorter period of time yeah but it's the aftercare that matters like Mm. chloe's kind of right in many ways that if you just did it in a maintainable way from the start you're learning maintainable behaviors so it's easier Mm. just to transition that into maintenance and as we've spoken about so many times that could be as simple as like adding in a protein bar it's very Mm. simple transition whereas Mm. if you've gone from i don't know a really aggressive diet to then maintaining that that is quite a big change in your diet it's quite a big change in your behaviors as well but a lot of the time i think it can be quite useful especially with people who have really struggled with dieting in the past um but it is all about the aftercare really that it is that maintainable and obviously the aggressive diet is not maintainable but it's not meant to be like it would be six weeks or so uh, of really low never... calories yeah we
0: can maintain that um and yeah, so Debs, the photo that she uploaded, that's from when she was at the end of her last fat loss diet. So she was a lot leaner in those photos. She's still super lean now, but that just, I know the one that you're thinking of that was older. I, the reason why, Deb, if, if you listen to the podcast I did with Dr. Bill Campbell, which came out last week, episode two of the podcast, uh, we talk a lot about this slower dieting and why, and we touch on uh, people with a lot of muscle mass, of which you are one. And we touch on metabolic adaptation and we touch on why a slower diet, especially for people of your body type, Deborah, is better. So you're probably going to get more out of that if you go listen to it. But yeah, look, you know, ultimately different coaches have different approaches. And this is just kind of what makes it great, kind of looking for a coach which is going to work for you and finding one. Um, Emma and I pretty much have the same approach on 99.9% of things. Um, And yeah, it's it's always good to get different opinions and figure out what works best for you
1: yeah and I would say like as long as you get
0: where you're going and you've got a good coach at the helm we don't care
1: like we I would say anyway for me like I don't have an approach I have a client led Mm. approach in that like for some people it might be appropriate to do aggressive diets it's I mean I'm talking about like it's not many people at all and I probably wouldn't like I would never probably suggest it but it is a useful tool for some people. And in terms of the metabolic adaptations, you can argue it both ways because you're spending yeah. a much shorter period of time in a deficit, which means that you will have less metabolic adaptations in some respects. Would you lose yeah. more lean body mass in that period of time comparatively? Yes, but when you compare the whole diet, there doesn't seem to be mm-hmm. much difference there. So you can argue both sides of it. Like like with anything in science, like you will find a study to back up either side. It's Um,
0: totally true, though, that if you do, if you were to do a a super aggressive diet in a super short space of time, of course, you would get less metabolic adaptation. Hence, why we talk about diet breaks, you get in, you know, six weeks, aggressive deficit, lose, you know, lose a significant amount of body fat. You get out. Why do you do it if you're trying to kind of gain muscle mass or increase metabolic rate? Because it's a quick, surefire way to lose body fat without metabolic adaptation occurring. So, of course, you can argue it either which way. What I would say, though, I mean, I don't know for somebody like Deborah, who's really into her lifting, really strong, um, kind of got a really good amount of muscle mass. I would prefer a longer diet with potential diet breaks on on route or at least, you know, refeed sprinkled in here and there on route. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's honestly like this. I think we talked I talked about all of this in my last episode of the podcast with like one of the best physique scientists in the world so listen to it but yeah there are different approaches for different people and I know for a fact like the diets that I've kind of gone in and like slashed calories and kind of done it in eight weeks and got out have been probably the most rewarding diets I've ever done because you really see progress it's quick it's it's you know it's pretty savage you know it's quick it's done you're in you're out um i I mean, I personally don't think I would ever diet like that again. Um, but yeah, it, it do, I'm sorry it does have a time and a place and it's, and a client base that it works really well for. and I completely agree with you on the men thing as well, by the way.
1: Hmm. I think that's just like relationship with food as well, and there's pros and cons to every every diet is definitely not something I would suggest for Debs. no okay balancing partner's preference with my own for example he prefers more rounded and i prefer being lean he prefers to enjoy a big meal and alcohol whereas i like to eat i like what i eat and i'm not a big drinker he wants me to lie in with him and i'd much rather go to the gym or for a run <laughs> this sounds like it should be on your agony aunt thing
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay go on is that it
1: that's the end yeah
0: so the question is, like, how do I manage this?
1: Yeah, but so she says balancing my partner's preferences with my own. Sounds like they they just enjoy doing different things.
0: I, uh, I would say most of the time, the majority of the time, it's really important that you both do the things that you individually enjoy and like most of the time. And so you just have to say to him, listen, you sleep in, I'm going to get up and train, meet you for breakfast, which is what James and I do all the time and have done. You know, historically, uh, since he retired, at least, um, you know, OK, I'll cook you. And again, this is very much me and my husband. I'll cook you your three course breakfast. I'm going to have coffee while you have course one. This is literally my marriage. I'll have coffee while you have course one. I'll have eggs with you in course two and I'll make you your Pop-Tart for the course three. Done. Um Now, some of the time, obviously, in order for the relationship to stay kind of cohesive, you're going to have to have a lion together. Maybe he's going to have to get up and go to the gym with you. You know, maybe, you know, you're not going to order a pizza for the second weekend in a row. You know, you have to make concessions. But I would say most of the time you just got to do your own thing. Talk to him about it. Tell him it's how you're going to be happiest in life and in the relationship. And hopefully if he's a good man, which I'm sure he is, he'll be sweet. Emma, what do you think?
1: don't come to me for relationship advice
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know I saw what you were writing on your stories the other day and it looked pretty good
1: yeah it's like the blind leading the blind no but I'm it's probably one of the reasons that I am single because I'm quite selfish with my time but I do like I think in this position like Chloe's completely right you should be doing things that make you happy out with the relationship and then you come together and hopefully you can enjoy some things together and that would be a bit of compromise like maybe one day you do lie in the next but like on a sunday you go to the gym and on a saturday you lie in or something like that so you're both enjoying things mm. um but yeah it sounds like just a bit of compromise but then remembering that like you don't have to do absolutely everything together you can go to the gym on your own and he can go and drink alcohol on his own if you don't want to do that <laughs> probably not a good idea yeah, maybe not the- on his own but i mean like without you <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> shit in another room and get
1: um this is a nice one i literally want to burst with gratitude that i found you guys honestly the best things i've done for my mind your podcast this week brought me to tears i don't know why as i feel like it's all clicking now and i've just found someone who can explain my frustrations and is giving me knowledge i've lost pretty much a kilogram this week and half an inch from my waist i've just put on a pair of jeans that i was in when I was my leanest before, and I'm eight pounds heavier now, so fuck the scales. Incredible, yeah. thank you so much.
0: Bravo, Ooh. bravo. I love also that point about the scales. Oh, the fucking scales, honestly. I will, like, I'm heavier now than I've ever been, and do I look completely different than I did before I started training? Yeah, I mean complete, it's like yeah. night and day the scales are like you know again it's 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 a good measure of progress at the very beginning especially if you've got a long way to go but they quite quickly become irrelevant I just want everyone to keep
1: thinking about that because there's still a lot of scale obsession going on in the group yeah we had a question today about the scales again and I think it's just worth remembering as well that you could be losing more body fat but less weight on the scales because you are maintaining lean body mass and that's exactly what we want like the goal is to lose as much body fat as possible while building or maintaining muscle mass. That's yeah. your body composition. Yeah. Okay, um, Penny. Oh my God, I'm stuck at work waiting for a delivery and caught the live for the first time. That's the comment. That's my comment. Thanks guys. Oh, that's great timing. Okay, really a couple of.
0: I just want to ask them like really personal questions. So many times in the group, I want to be like, "So what do you do? How old's your dog? What does your husband do? Do you like him? Do you kind of want to kill him?"
1: <laughs> no, we should do an intro post so people can be like, "Where are you from? What do you do?" I love that. Okay, um, a couple of live questions, and then we will head off. Ollie, hi guys. I'm in tier three from Saturday, so no tennis, no spirit class. What? Oh. What is Tophantus going to do without
0: her clientele?
1: Um, Currently doing all of that and four gym workouts on 2,350 calories. Should I drop my calories to 2,250 and go from four to six gym workouts? All right, so the gym's still open, but you can't do classes or, like, group exercise with tennis. I wouldn't put, like this is quite a good question because it, are you going to see any difference at all from dropping hundred calories from two, th- two, three, five to two, th- two, five. Like, no, you're not, you won't I'm see any bad. difference. Like it doesn't, if, if you were really worried about, no, you don't need to do that. I would just keep calories as they are. Yeah, do your six gym workouts yeah. if you want. It's Christmas week anyway. Keep
0: cal- yeah. Keep calories as they are. For, yeah, exactly that. For two reasons. One, it's Christmas week. It's a bullshit time to be dropping your calories. Fact. Um, two, just because you might be in less of a deficit by your expenditure doesn't mean you're not anymore in a deficit. So fine, it might slow down, but who cares? It's temporary. Like And like Emma and I always say, the last thing we want to do is touch your calories. We'd much rather touch your expenditure. So let why don't we just leave it until after Christmas and then we can reassess and come back to the drawing board.
1: Yeah, I agree. And this comes up quite a lot with... Um people who are like oh I've, I've injured myself so I won't be able to do as much for the next two weeks like should I drop my calories as Chloe's saying like one if you're injured and your body is recovering from something we don't want you in a massive deficit anyway and yeah. two like you will still probably be in a deficit just a slightly lower level of a deficit so we don't need to change anything and that's one like one period of time where things can just spiral because like, oh I need to drop my calories but also I'm under all this pressure and Maybe I'm struggling with even sticking to my calories because it's always harder when you're not exercising or when you've got something else going on. So you just don't need to add on that extra pressure. Yeah, agreed. Okay, awesome. Right. Well, when so what we do have more questions. So I don't have one. On the self assessment or on the live? No more on the live. Apart from someone who says that they like my top. I love that top. It's very sexy. I love like a high neck. I love a high neck. I need to find yeah. this, but for the E C method, with like a high neck.
0: I like the you sent me. I wore it this morning to walk doggy. Um oh, yeah, that one is good. Oh
1: you yeah, already did that, didn't I?
0: Should we do yeah, it's really nice. Um I actually I haven't worn it on one of the live sets because when I'm home I wear my comfy comfy. Yeah, it's an outsidey um, one. Yeah.
1: Should we do one more Quesi? Right, one more Quesi. If I don't get enough protein in for the day, for example, if I'm 10 grams under, do I go over my calories so that it fits in or just try and increase it on another day?
0: Don't try and increase it on another day. Protein doesn't, pro- doesn't work like that. That's not that's not why we have you hit protein targets um it depends what the goal is we've talked about this a couple times but maybe just on the facebook type group um if the goal is fat loss no saying calories if the goal is hypertrophy we're more than happy for you to go over a little bit to hit nutritional targets that's pretty much what i always say i'm pretty sure emma agrees
1: yeah i completely agree but don't let this happen again like if that happens it happens from time to time but like learn from that and move on so that like okay how do i stop this happening again is this because i had a different breakfast that didn't have enough protein and do i need to find more breakfast options that have more protein in or you know what happened so that tomorrow you are going to hit your protein target because 10 grams one day is going to make literally no difference whatsoever if you do that Mm. every single day and you're not hitting your protein targets every day and you let that slip then that will have an impact on your results and that's obviously not what we want so getting in enough protein is really important So just plan better for the next day.
0: Agreed. (laughs) Um, Okay, guys. I guess we will see you all on Monday 1pm, unless we change the time, but we'll let you know. And everybody have a lovely weekend. Goodbye. Au revoir.